Hey everybody, welcome to Friday. We are at the end of this week. Mm. However, for the first time ever, we are going to be extending the same person to next week. Because Marie Kondo has just, uh, I mean, she's done a lot of good for my life and I need to keep going. And I know that a lot of people in the chat have seemed to say that like, they've been really productive, getting a lot of cleaning done. Um, yesterday I cleaned, we got like, I don't know, five or six more bags of stuff to donate out of the bedroom. I completely organized the bedroom, organized the drawers, everything. Our house is starting to not have all of the clutter in it. And then, you know, I'm going to have to soon do the other items like the, the books and the kitchen stuff. So, you know, I didn't even get there yet, but yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to continue. This is what I'm saying. You're advancing. You're, you're I'm leveling advancing. up. Yeah, I'm leveling up. I'm moving forward in this world. Um, how has the week been? I know that you're not a super messy person to begin with, but how has the week been for you? I mean, I got some cleaning done. I didn't really discard anything because I almost need more clothes, especially like I need more athletic shorts, but I think that's partially because Aaron steals mine. I need more, <laughs> I need more socks. Um, I think the only thing I could get rid of if I had to get rid of anything are sweatpants because I have like five, but mm -hmm. I like them. I mean, for yeah, that, and the ones I, and like the one I don't like, Aaron like, so I'm not going to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that much stuff to begin with. I was keeping like, I had all of these clothes for, I guess, because also for you, like, you're planning to move to a house after this. Like, I live in my permanent house forever. So, like, this is, like, I have all my stuff here, you know? So, yeah, I, I, mean, I need more. I mean, I assume you do too, though, because you just seem like you don't hoard as much as I do. I need more cutlery. Like we're out of forks because we've had oh, okay. the same forks for years and they started breaking. Um, I mean, if anything, Marie Kondo week is showing me I need more stuff. Because <laughs> um, like I, I might want one of those um, cylinder vacuums because I love the Roomba, but I, it, I feel like I think the Roomba plus one of those, I'll be able to like get the, the I'll be able to just like, instead of lifting the couch and then brushing it out for the Roomba to get, I can just lift the couch and vacuum. Uh, so I'm interested in that. So I don't know. I cleaned the toilet. I cleaned the, the bathtub. That's, that's about it. And I, and I dusted the ceiling fans. Oh, and that's awesome. Got, and we got the mold off of the, uh, the living room ceiling. That's really good. Yeah. I didn't get to any like cleaning of actually like gross things yet. I'm still working on eliminating items from the house and putting them in places where it makes sense for them to go. I noticed that Marie Kondo, I don't know if she's ever dealt with someone quite as gross as me because her categories in the book, she's like, um, the categories you go through are like clothes, then books, then papers, then like miscellaneous items, and then, um, then sentimental items. And I'm like, where's the category for objective trash? Because the first thing I had to do was just throw out all of the trash that was all over the house. Like she doesn't even have a category for like, do you have like wrappers from food and um, tissues all over the floor? And like, I guess her, her clients just re always remember to throw their trash in the trash can, like some kind of productive members of society or something. 
this is potentially, uh, I, I know it's an ignorant statement. It's potentially problematic. I'll say it anyway, though, just to open it up to the, for a discussion. Um, I know hoarding is stems from mental. Um, I'm wondering if it's more prominent in Western versus Eastern uh, cultures. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I know I, that I, she's mentioned that, like, she's noticed the problems of, like, clients that she deals with to help people eliminate all the stuff they don't need has been in Japan and the U.S. And she, in the book, she mentioned that those particular countries seem to have those problems the most. I don't know what about Japan. I, I It would make it that way versus the U.S., but the two of those countries seem to both have that problem. Have a hoarding. Because, uh, like, hoarding, it, it comes from OCD or is it, like, its own thing? I imagine they could be connected, and I'm basing that solely on the character Eli on Degrassi because I connect with him, and he both has hoarding and OCD tendencies. Well, because I mean, I guess it's one of the things where like OCD is universal, but I want like how it manifests could have impact on uh, your on it like environment and upbringing, right? Yeah, I guess that makes sense because I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I could I could see how they could connect based on like, um you know, having like, we're your, not your mental mind, health experts. We're not mental health experts. I'm just talking about my own experience and trying to figure things out about myself. I'll ask my psychiatrist next time I go to see if I can get this confirmed or not. But I definitely like, you know, when you have OCD, you tend to place value on things that don't have that value, such as like, you need to tap this thing, otherwise everyone will die or something like that. So I can see how that would lead me to placing value on objects that don't have value by being like, I can't get rid of this. What if terrible things happen if I get rid of it? And I don't necessarily think that objectively every time, but like, I can see how there become there comes an anxiety with getting rid of things as a result. I could see that. This V-neck is like getting super V because of the sweat. Like the sweat is pulling it down. So. Oh, Amanda <laughs> says that, uh, oh, she sent me a link to Philosophy Tube's video. Oh, Philosophy Tube is doing a video about Jordan Peterson's ideology. Dude, this week I have realized that Jordan Peterson's fans are, like, the most, the most uh, combative of all fans. I'm excited to see Philosophy Tube's video, because I know that ContraPoints also did a fabulous video on him. Um, but I was looking through both my videos and our channel, like the, the Your Morning Guru channel, the video where we called um, Jordan Peterson an incel in the title, or we couldn't even call him an incel because he's not, he's married, but we called and him- And that like was the video I left you hanging. So you had to deal with all of those Jordan Peterson <laughs> fans alone. Well, no, I didn't because they weren't in the chat, but they came by after. It's almost like they search it out. And like, that's the only video we have that has like any down votes, let alone like that one has like 30 down votes. And all of our other videos have like zero downvotes. It's wild. And then on my own channel. It's because Tony Robin fans are too busy either getting brainwashed or successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. Like, yeah, if I, if I, I've done videos criticizing Tony Robbins and his even his former fans will be like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to be a fan of this guy. If I criticize Jordan Peterson, they're just like, well, clearly you're not the expert and he's the expert. So you should listen to him because he has the facts and logic and I can't take you seriously because you have colorful hair and you look like an ugly feminist stereotype. I'm like, whoa, guys, calm down. All I did was, I didn't even criticize him. I just asked him questions. I was just like, 
You were so soft on him. I was so easy on him. I was like shocked that his fans were going to get that bad when I was that easy on him. I was like, you confirmed it. Like between my Chris Webby video and your Jordan Peterson video, if you have a problem with someone online, you try and destroy them. Because if you're soft on them, their fans see it as a weakness. Right. That's the thing is like, and like, I'm like, that's why I think out of all of the people we've covered, I originally thought Tony Robbins was the most cult leader out of the people we covered. I'm starting to think it's Jordan Peterson based solely on the fact that his fans cannot handle anyone, not even criticizing him, just asking him questions. Or they actively seek it out too. Like Tony, it it appears like, I bet you if you say to a Tony Robbins fan that Tony Robbins, like, and you list off all the reasons why you dislike him, I bet they would have a problem, but you're actively seeking them out. Then Jordan Peterson fans are actively seeking out criticism. Right, they're actively seeking out criticism. Like they're going into a search bar and typing people who don't like Jordan Peterson. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. It's like they're seeking out criticism, but not for the sake of wanting to hear the other side in good faith. They're seeking out criticism to try to bully people out of making videos about their lobster dad. Lobster dad, who is now trying to like get clout with Marvel. I mean... I think what Marvel did was funny. I also think that if they wanted to like really stick to Jordan Peterson, they could pretend he doesn't exist because uh, he thrives on attention as, as so many personality. I mean, anyone who has a podcast, three books out um, and go like goes on the sort of morning show circuit that he did takes every op- podcast opportunity he can get on post one with his daughter. Like he does, he clearly yeah. seeks attention. He wants, I will he wants- say, I have had a couple Jordan Peterson fans in my comments that have brought up points in good faith, and I will give them credit. And I have had a nice discussion. Are they the with exception them. or the rule? What do you think? I mean, based solely on the number of comments that I've gotten, they seem to be the exception because there's been maybe two or three of those versus like a ton of other people who have resorted to either attacking me or people who have. Some people haven't been explicitly mean about it, but they have been dismissive of other points of view where it'll be like, oh, you clearly just don't like him because you wouldn't have done blah, blah, blah otherwise. I'm like, well, I, I was actually very easy on him and I'm, I'm it's, it's, it's still, I have these questions for him. What does, the, like, what, if this research says this, I will believe you, but why? Why does it say that? Like, why? what factors cause the, these things to happen? That's all I was asking him. Yeah, and I don't know. It's um, he he's not creating credit. He's not creating the critical thinkers that he claims he's making. It, we we talked about this before. He's not making fans that are intelligent. He's making fans that feel like they're intelligent for listening to him. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that's what I've noticed about his fans. I would say, I I think that Tony Robbins might be the most like obvious cult leader in terms of like what his conferences are like and. Guys, I'm doing a video reviewing his conferences, and I think we have um, Hope. Are you coming on today to talk about the conference? I just emailed you the link to the stream, like five and minutes I, ago. I, and I DM'd you on um, on Instagram. I told her to hop on at like eight fifteen to eight twenty. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. I'm gonna start doing makeup while we talk now because I'm in the mood for that today. Fair enough. And I got the new Lizzie McGuire palette. Oh, you're you're just all themes. Oh yeah, I only buy makeup if it's a if it's a theme because what's the point of just buying makeup? Oh, if it's just like a regular, if it's just colors, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm sure there's a point to it, otherwise people wouldn't do it. But I think you um so in in Forty Eight <laughs> Laws of Power, that book I read earlier this year, or like also known as How to Be a Psychopath in Forty Eight Easy Steps, um, 
one of the laws is that if you don't have an enemy, you should declare one because it's Ooh. much it's much better to exist with an enemy than without one because if you don't have an enemy, everyone's your enemy. Well, that makes a lot of sense because the second I made my channel, I was like, Rachel Hollis is my enemy, Jordan Peterson's my enemy, Grant Cardone's my enemy. Like, I just out, out, out of here, like... So, yeah, I guess being a commentary YouTuber with people you have beef with is probably good, according to that book. But it also probably doesn't want you to make enemies with everyone. Um, I think it's... Oh, no, I, you wouldn't want to make enemies with everyone because that would just sounds like a stressful existence. Yeah, but I think it's interesting to say that, you know, you declared... And I, I don't even want to say Grant Cardone and, and, and uh, uh, Tony Robbins because you made videos on them. But I, I, I have no issue saying Rachel Hollis' enemy because your channel has grown substantially because of her. I'm yeah, wondering dude. if Jordan Peterson could fill that as like a next step enemy or be an actual enemy and not just someone you oppose. Which is funny because I wanted to start making videos about him like two years ago because somebody came into my comments when I made my first girl wash your face review and was like, whoa, is this the boss babe version of Jordan Peterson? And I was like, yes. So that's when I first downloaded his book because I wanted to do a review that was like, is 12 rules for life just the, the frat bro version of girl wash your face? And I never finished reading it then because it was depressing the shit out of me. So I stopped listening to it until we picked back up here. Uh, Willie the Silly says more enemies the merrier. Now I disagree with that. I do see the value in having one base on the logic behind that, but it's also like that book is solely to gain favor in a court existence. And while you can make a stretch and ex extend the metaphor to say that we exist in some sort of societal court, why why do that to yourself? Why put that pressure on you? I'm not trying to make any, I mean, some, some of the advice in that book is good, but it's also pretty standard advice. It's like, if you make the people who are more powerful than you uh, happy, they're going to elevate you. If you take the blame from them or show them up, they're going to either ignore you or bury you. Like that just makes logical sense. So some of the advice in that book as any self-help book is helpful, but overall I thought it was a, a stressful read. It does, that sounds stressful. I might read that at some point. I don't know. You should. I mean, I know it's on a lot of people's lists of like books everyone should read at some point in their lives. I want to definitely put glitter on my face today. That sounds fun. I'm excited to see Savvy after um after reading 48 Laws of Power. She's just going to come on the stage and be like, I'm all powerful. <laughs> I don't know. It might be dangerous for me. I could, I could start to, to thrive on power. You I know what we should do? Keep myself checked. What? What should we uh, do? You should read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, because uh, I already read that. And then we should read, uh, you should read 48 Laws of Power, and then we should both read How to Win Friends and Influence People, and then we can have like a manipulation week. Oh, that could be so <laughs> fun, manipulation week. Oh my God, we can manipulate everybody together. That sounds we so can, fun. We can tell everyone how these books teach you to manipulate others. <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it. I'm trying to decide what lipstick color I want today. Yeah, uh, all of them. Uh, I should just it, put on every color of lipstick. You know who's like really good at makeup? I learned so much from Savannah, Savannah Marie. Marie. <laughs> She's so good at it. She's so good. Yeah, I learned so much. I'm now, I, I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty much a makeup expert now. I mean, I feel like I've learned a ton from her too. Yeah, um, like I, let's see. I might go with one of these bright red me. colors. Willie the Silly says rainbow. Uh, Amanda Raleigh says. Maybe there's a beauty guru you could live like for a week. Oh, that could be fun. Live like Jeffree Star for a week. 
I mean, I was not going to go there, and I was not going to go James <laughs> Charles either. <laughs> I'm going to put on the cherry lipstick just to just because I normally don't because I'm like the bright red doesn't look good on me. But today I've decided I'm going to make it look good on me, whether it wants unless unless I should pair the apple. Wait, yeah, I could do the apple with the bright pink. There we go. That'll look good. Guys, this is going to be fun. I'm going to use... Okay, for anyone who's bought... I think Kat Benson has. Anyone who's bought the Lizzie McGuire collection, why do the lip glosses make my lips feel like I rub toothpaste on them? Because it's a, I like the sparkles and the shininess of it, but it's a weird feeling to feel like I just rubbed toothpaste on my mouth. What is going on with that? Basically being problematic for a week. Yeah, basically, Brianna. Also, congratulations again on your upcoming degree... Yay! And diploma. Uh, Bree says, not Jeffree Star or James Charles. Yeah, okay. We won't live like either of them for a week because, yeah, I, I guess we could just be problematic. We could live like Shane Dawson for a week. He pretended to be a beauty guru for like five minutes. Yeah, why not? We, why not? We can, uh, we'll, make a, we'll make some uh, documentaries that have no journalistic integrity in them. Um, we'll find some... Cats. Who are, but, no! <laughs> no! Why? The cats can double for Tim Pool Week. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can get some blushy cats, but we're not Dude, getting it, real cats. Isn't it wild that there's like one degree of separation between Tim, or two two degrees of separation between Tim Pool and Shane Dawson between is traumatized cats? <laughs> what, oh if, what, what if it's the cat? What if, it's, what if the cat escaped Shane Dawson's... Uh, advances and found uh found uh safety in maryland and then got catnapped by tim pool dude i wouldn't put anything past any of these people at this point these people are all wild yeah so, but that's like homeward bound needs to catch a predator like dude that would be that's that should be in one of our novels homeward bound needs to catch a predator <laughs> yeah you know the, there's a cat or we could do uh a little bonus, a little bonus novella from a cat's perspective. A little short story to give out for free to people who sign up for our email list. You know, and what it's if all, we do... oh, it's all about the cat who I don't know. Two of the influencers in the book are awful with the cats, and then the book is the cats escaping. What if we do Ratatouille meets Sherlock Holmes, where it's like <laughs> this private investigator keeps solving cases because of this cat? I love it. um exactly so okay so a a good thing that's coming up soon is that we are going to be raising money for charity on this stream i think at the end of the month and we are going to be shaving our heads together so right i'm excited right now i'm looking for chicago charities to give to and someone on instagram suggested one to me and I think she's trying to connect me with their um, with the person who's in charge of them on LinkedIn so that I would ideally like to see if we could get the leader of the charity to come on the stream when we do the fundraiser because I think that would be cool to give him a chance to talk about what the charity does and like raise some like why we should raise some money for it and things like that. And the one that this person suggested to me, was all about um it, it was raising money for like black lgbtq 
youth programs in Chicago, which I would love to help raise money for. I think that's a great cause. I know it was offensive, but I'm still not over the BLTWMD community. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, I'm going to make a BLT today. I bought BLT materials yesterday at the at the store so that I can make one today on the stream. Yeah, guys, at uh, in two and a half hours at 11 a.m. Central on my channel, we'll be live streaming with Always Marco, and we're going to be reacting together to his call with uh, a certain MLM rep who talked about how I, I am not as smart as I think I am and how I'm very uneducated and how I'm doing harm to society by telling people to look at income disclosures. Uh, it's a good, it's a good time y'all. But you uh, also think you're a lot smarter than you actually are. Don't forget yeah. that. Oh, he's a savvy. thinks she's a lot smarter than she is. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. So that'll be on my channel. I'm going to make a BLT just because this guy was all like, Oh, savvy. She's in the LGBT community. The, the BLT WMT. <laughs> I mean, always Marco said the WMD, but it yeah. was still a funny. <laughs> it was still funny, dude. It was hilarious. Oh my god, I can't wait for that. I mean, anyway, I, I like to think. Sorry, what? I was just gonna say I like to think my gender is WMD, and then I was gonna pass you the mic. So two genders. Are you a BLT or a WMD? There's no, there's no I, other option. I thought the two genders were pouring milk on yourself at a Bernie Sanders rally or raising a family. Those are the two genders. <laughs> Do you pour milk at Bernie Sanders rallies or raise a family? If you don't do either, then what are you doing in this world? All right. Uh, Hope is here. Let's add her to the stream. What is up, Hope? Hi. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. It's so weird because you guys have just woken up and like, I've been up for hours. <laughs> Uh, so are you in the in the UK? Yeah, I'm in the UK. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, it's what, the middle of the afternoon there right now? Yeah, it's like 20 past two here. Oh my What's goodness. What's it like <laughs> with, uh, with Prince Philip passing away this morning in there? Is, is, has that news like spread through the streets? Has it affected anyone's day? Well, everybody was hoping for an, a bank holiday for his funeral. I'll be honest, all my friends were more interested in getting a day off. Um, <laughs> we're not really big royalists. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was a bit disappointing when we found out we couldn't get the day off. Like, god damn it. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That sounds so disrespectful, but it, it's like... You either love the royal family or you're just like, yeah, an old man died. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Like, from everything I've heard about the royal family, they seem like a mess. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, are, they are an absolute mess. <laughs> we just sort of leave them to it. Apparently, we, they're really good for the tourist industry. And okay. <laughs> So do they have a net positive on your country then? Like, like how, how, I wonder what the tourists, like, do they compete with Niagara Falls? What what brings more tourist money, you think? Niagara Falls to New York or the royal family to England? I have no idea. I mean, New York's got more going for it than uh, Niagara Falls as well. So it's quite difficult to... to oh, yeah, but they're like eight hours away. You don't go to New York City to see Niagara no. Falls. Yeah. So um, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I, I partially, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical. I wonder how much they actually do bring to the economy. But 
Um, apparently they bring a lot. No one could give me a figure, but apparently they're good. Well, that's interesting. I never actually thought of them as tourist attractions. I wonder what that existence is like living to, to be a, to, like, are they, are they like the Gatston at, at Disney World? <laughs> like that, that's their existence. I mean, they, they just live such bizarre lives. Like it's, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand how it could be a fun existence. They just sort yeah. of get rolled out for openings of things and then just go back to their nice posh house with <laughs> with all their cleaners and everyone doing everything for them. So yeah, it just to me it just seems really bizarre. Um, they're so out of touch as well. It's just untrue. I feel like, like that's... a very strange life to live. And I feel like that's part of the tours attraction. Like people are seeing them just to, to like exist hundreds of years ago, just for a day. Yeah. Like when they come and visit the local area, which is very rare where I live, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, the royals are coming. And even non-royalists stop and like go out and look at them, gawk at them like they're some sort of amazing thing. <laughs> They've come out into sunlight. Oh, so the vampires, got it. Um, moving on to vampires, though, you came on to talk about Tony Robbins. <laughs> that was a great transition. That was the best transition I've ever heard. I love it so much. I got your back. So you, I don't know how much of your detail, like, we don't have your face or your name. So I guess, like, as far as details are concerned, what what, what can we what can we hear about this Tony Robbins experience of yours? So, um, oh, God, it was so bizarre. So, um I was sent to, I've been to numerous personal development properties. They were all um, funded by my workplaces, hence I'm glad you didn't have to pay for that. Yeah, I didn't pay for it. Um, Do you know how much your work paid for it? uh, I know how much my work paid for UPW. Um, They paid £1,200, not including um, hotel and expenses there. So that was just like to get into the conference itself. That's just to get into the conference. 1,200 pounds, what does that convert to in US dollars? Is that like? It's more in US dollars. Yeah, I know that that it's more. It's not not twice as much, but it's like, I don't know, one and a half times as much maybe. uh, I'm gonna look up pounds to USD. And I guess, okay, it's 1.37 times 1,200. Um, and I guess it's bizarre to hear that because I feel like if they really 1644 in US dollars, it's, okay. bizarre, it's bizarre to hear that. Cause I feel like you would have been a much happier employee if they just said, Hey, we're going to give you a bonus of 1200 pounds. <laughs> right. Oh yes. Yeah. Way happier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, and the, the thing is as well, like, so I had heard through the grapevine that this conference could go on for a long time. And, and it was in central London. And I was like, okay, I need a hotel that's close then because I'm a girl that needs to sleep. Like, yeah. Um, so, and I just didn't want to wander around London. I was going on my own and didn't really want to get taxis. Um, the public transport isn't open at the time this conference finishes. So that's problematic. Um, so the, even the hotel was like £500 a night. Oof. And you had to cover so, that. No, my employer work covered the hotel. Yes. Sounds so they like could have like good workplace. I like your workplace is good. 
kind of. It sounds like they're they're generous, but the wrong kind. Like, yeah, I mean, they're not. They're, yeah. Um, where was yeah. the conference located? It was in uh, the Excel in London. So okay, like, yeah, probably one of the most expensive areas to sort of run a conference like this as well. Um, so yeah, it, it was phenomenally expensive. Um, okay. But what and were you was the only the, one? Yeah, I was the only one for that one. Uh, they they then paid for three people to go again, um, go after me. Um, but obviously it was cancelled because of COVID and people have had the world of trouble trying to get their money back for that conference. Um, so they've cancelled it twice now, holding virtual conferences instead, and they won't give any refunds. They're saying, you know, it will roll over um, until we can hold the conference. That's yeah, and that's just... always awful because it's like, well, if even if it rolls over, like, what if you can't attend the other conference? You paid to go to that conference. You know, I've had that issue with events I registered to sell at with my company, you know, things like that. But, um, well, when they, when they said to me about yeah. the virtual conference, I should have been getting married that day. I was like, really sorry, oh. guys. It was like my wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, what was more amazing was just sort of like, I mean, it cost a fortune. It really, it was so expensive. But it cost a lot of money for what was basically a commercial for other events. Oh, jeez. So, so he was advertising. So did he, like, was he advertising more expensive events that he was running there? Yeah, so... Like oh, it, it's a th- it's a three day conference. I'd say about a day, a day and a half being generous is actually personal development stuff. The rest of it is an upsell. Um, for either there was the business mastery, which was seven thousand pounds just to Lord. just for the ticket for the event, and that was being held in uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't include hotel, didn't include flights, didn't include anything like that. Or the life mastery, which I think was like it was either ten or eleven thousand pounds. Is the life mastery the one I think Mooncat brought up, where they like fly you to some exotic location? And they um, yeah, they don't fly you there. You have to pay. Oh, you have to pay yourself. But <laughs> you have to pay yourself. To but get you go there. somewhere. You- somewhere. Like everyone goes somewhere that they don't live, and, and Tony doesn't even show up. Like it's like they go to Fiji, yeah. and then well, they have recordings of Tony. <laughs> yeah, and um, for the for two days of UPW, he's not there. He's only there one day out of the three. He's only there one day out of three, and you watch sort of like videos on screens of him for the other time. Uh, he's just not there. It's- Which day was he there? He was there the first day when you did the firewalk. Okay. Um, you did a firewalk. Yeah. yeah, I did the firewalk. How were your what feet? Was the firewalk, like, did it hurt your feet? Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't hurt my feet. And honestly, it was a whole lot of height for what took less than three seconds. Like, I did understand you... what he was trying to do, but I was just like, and by the time I finished it, it was two in the morning. I was just like, I'm so tired. Yeah, I interviewed another person who went to, I think, the same conference, not in London, in the US, but she also did the firewalk. And 
she talked a lot about how um, the one that she was at, someone actually did get like burns on her feet from it. And that a lot of people were getting blisters and that like he keeps saying like, oh, it's not dangerous. It's all in your mind. But like, no, it's a- it, walking across burning coals is actually dangerous, guys. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was in the cheap seats. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, when when you go out to do the firewalk, they sort of let you out in tears. So mm-hmm. I think by the time I'd got there, like the coals probably weren't even that hot because it <laughs> took two hours to get to the bit where you did the firewalk. It was like a two hour long queue to get That's what there. I heard. You had to like wait in this really long line to get to the, and you like couldn't even see the fire for most of it. Everyone's just out there with like thousands of people waiting to do this for hours. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it from a hotel. So I could see them like in the morning setting it up and everything. Um, but yeah, like you didn't see it for a lot of the time. You just sort of got walked out um, mm-hmm. in the w- world's most longest line to do this firewalk. And it was just, it was so bizarre because before you do it, he does like this hypnotizing thing with you where you basically, it's like a <laughs> weird meditation. You will um, buy all my classes. <laughs> you will buy all my classes. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, yeah, if, if you do this, it's like having three hours sleep. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> this is nothing like having three hours sleep just to try and, like, hype everyone up for more energy. And it, the amount of people that were... I, I don't know. It's such a strange atmosphere in there. It's really bizarre. Like, some people just love the guy worship everything he says and like you know if he told them that they could walk on water they'd probably attempt it good lord but you said some so i'm assuming there were other skeptics there too well it, the london conference is really strange as well because like i sat down in my seat and everyone around me was f- from a different country there were people from all over the world that he was literally like a cultural melting pot so there was very few people that i could actually converse with because they'd all got these headsets on having the whole thing translated to them oh that's interesting so yeah it, there was so like i met a few people there there was i was next to two guys from lebanon who spoke broken english um who one of them the poor man i felt so bad i felt really terrible he paid to come over he'd only got his clothes he was wearing for the three days because he couldn't afford like luggage and from what i could tell he was just hoping to crash on somebody's floor while he was there and when they were upselling these other conferences, he was like, "Oh, I should, I should sign up to a finance agreement." Oh. And I was no, like, no, no! no. Oh my god, I hate that. I hate that so because like That's it really worst. shows that they're making most of their money off of the vulnerable people who are trying to like scrounge, like scrounge around for every last cent they can borrow, find, or steal in order to afford these conferences. Because people who I don't know are actually upwardly mobile aren't spending their money on these conferences. Yeah, exactly, and and it was it was just it was so shameful. Like when people signed up to 
these conferences and bearing in mind like some of the people at the front were part of like his platinum club that pay tens of thousands of dollars to be part of this club and get on the front seats um you know those were the people that were rushing to buy these thousands of pound courses it was like people dotted around me in the cheap seats that were like well we know we just put it on a finance agreement because i've got a business so and he says that this will make me four times the amount of money i was like really i i'm at a conference in june and you are going to go to nevada in september pay the seven grand off pay for your hotel pay for your flights and that's all okay because you know and, and he basically said like if you care about your future you will find a way of paying for this oh, good you need Lord. to sign up now um, how long ago was this uh, so this was 2019. So, okay, so okay. Um, I, I just want to look up. I mean, for, like, if you just took every last cent that you had from this conference and you indexed it over the course of these years, and you're averaging on, and you just do that for ten years, and you average ten to twelve percent annually in an index, I guarantee you that pays more than going to a Tony Robbins conference and trying to apply it to your work. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, like, they did these little coaching sessions as well where they basically had these people pressurizing you to do these things and I was like well I, I don't have my own business so why are you telling me to do this well it applies to anything especially since I sent you there for work why, what did your company think like what was the reason that your company wanted you to attend this conference what did they think it was going to benefit you or them I think they thought that um it, it was part of like a you know women doing better and having more confidence kind of thing mm. do they only pay for women to go the other people that went after you were they all women too uh they were all women but i interesting don't know why <laughs> because it's it's a very strange sort of thing as well because like most of the people in that women are the min minority in the room that conference what about your office uh i'm the minor like females are the minority it, it this previous company that i worked for yeah i was the minority of female that's interesting so, yeah. so the company sent only women even though the company that you worked for was not mostly women but they only sent women to go to the tony robbins yeah. conference yeah that's weird I, I mean unless it's a coincidence but did they like did they say why they just kept saying, uh, like, we think it'll improve confidence. And I was just like... What a way to wreck confidence. I mean, you could go to the most confident woman and be like, you're a woman, you gotta go see Tony Cat Robbins because he'll teach you confidence. Like, Especially because Tony Robbins is like, all he does is make women feel worse. All he does is like, make women feel like it's their own fault when they have bad relationships and everything. Like, yeah, he's so it's, terrible. It's men coming up with the answers for women. Mm -hmm. like if I just oh, said, is your boss well, who sent you a man? Yeah. Oh, I, I could have guessed that one. <laughs> good lord, good yeah. lord. I just can't get over the fact that it's like you you would think that at the very least it would be proportionate to the office. So right, like, that's what I had assumed at first. I didn't realize. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so. Were there any elements of like sexism you saw at the conference itself with what Tony said or what any of his speakers said or anything? Uh. Not that I can remember, but I'll be 
the days were so long mm. like you were just exhausted by the end of it um so but there was a lot of sort of really strange very masculine flexing so <laughs> from tony you know, from tony from the, the other members of the conference like you know i'm a business owner look at me um you know I'm going to go and pay for this course because I can afford to do that because my company can afford this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, there, there was a bit of body shaming. There was a health section to it so we could flog a supplement line. Oh, he was trying to sell the supplements for real? Yeah. Oh my God. So what did, what, what happened with that? Like, yeah, it, does, it doesn't sound focused. Yeah, that's like, no, it's here's really the business stuff, here's the supplement stuff, here's the life here's the stuff. The development place. stuff. It was so everywhere. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa. <laughs> um, and sort of, I, at the time, I you know, I wasn't in the best shape, but so they said, oh, well, you, you need to get, like, a, per- a personal trainer. I was like, well, I've already got one. And they're like, really? I was like, well, thanks, coach. <laughs> not spending a thousand pounds on your coaching advice if that's what you're going to come out with oh my goodness yeah i really hate the fact that oh i'm sorry hope continue it's it's all right go on i was just gonna say i really hate the fact that essentially what they're preying on is I, i i do agree with one of the core problems that tony robbins is trying to fulfill which is we have sort of lost our mentor culture it's it's difficult to find a mentor um, and they historically have been attached to specific traits. Uh, so you, you would go, you, you would go through traditional schooling, you would learn from your parents, then you would leave your parents, you would leave your traditional schooling and you would go find a, tra- a trade and you would find a mentor there who would teach you that way. Um, obviously we have shifted away from that. And I do think that it's finding a mentor is not as, uh, as simple as it used to be. And in that void, the self-help gurus have been able to emerge and insist on a one size fits all mentorship. Uh, on people who are actively seeking answers. Uh, it's, 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 and, and it's almost like the more vague they are, the better off, uh, the, the more successful they're going to be. So I do, I do agree that mentorship does have a very valuable place in personal development. I just think that because it's not as easily accessible as it once was, the market is flooded with self-help gurus have been able to completely warp that definition. I think as well, like they, they really, prey on people's sort of lack you know it's all this sort of you know there was oh look uh, stories about people having been in that like tony riding his helicopter or the cars he's got owning a castle this and that and it was just like they tend to use the word abundance synonymous for sort of being really filthy rich the whole and, like mindset of abundance versus the like mindset of scarcity thing. Did they talk about that? Yeah, um, quite a lot. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I, I just, I've like all these people were just sort of like, well, I just want to get rich and be happy, and I'm like, that's not the equation. Right. That is just, that is just not the equation. I mean, like, I mean, I used to really work a lot and I was really you know my work was my life and then when I lost a career it was um it was a big hole in my life um and so this I was also set on Rachel Hollis's life coaching 
because you know yeah. that's a female. Oh, did you leader. go to her life coaching as well? You, I think yeah, you, did. I you were the one who told me you also world. went to her. Oh my god, yeah. you're you're a jack of all guru trades. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's so bizarre though because like I was just like, you are feeding me somebody that actually is just like work more, hustle more, hustle more, and I was like, this is what got me in like this is what got me into my sort of pers- not what's the word I'm sort of looking for it kind of got me into a mess because once the job had gone I was like well what do I do now and you're yeah, trying to push me back into this hole if only you had a mentor that taught you a specific skill and not how to be abundantly rich like that's the whole thing is should, should do you think mentorship should be I feel like Tony Robbins is only qualified to be a mentor for someone who wants to be a self-help guru. Well, yeah, that's how Rachel yeah. Hollis came to be. Yeah. It was like, if you wanted, like, mentorship should be like, I found a mentor who taught me how to cut hair. I found a mentor who got me into the electrical trade. I found a mentor who got me into finance. It should be something specific. It shouldn't be, I found a mentor who told me I should be rich. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I should be rich. And then that day I became rich. Like, that's just not how it works. No, not at all. And there's no sort of direction in how you become rich. It's just like, you need to get rich. Okay. Yeah, they could say um, rob a bank and you get that money and they're like, congratulations, you're in our club. No, you have to sign up to the uh, the, the business mastery course to get the answer oh, to that God. question. Oh my God. It's, it's just like, it's the weirdest, it's, it's the weirdest upsell and you spent so much money on something that is just a marketing tool for something else. Yeah, it's it's one giant funnel. I mean, I guess I think we asked this once, but just just to uh, I I may have missed it, just to clarify exactly what was the point of this conference and how much did it fall short of that point? I mean, if you look from my employer's perspective, the point of the conference was to build up my confidence, and I think walking through fire, they thought crossfire, they thought might do that. Um, not really. I was already sort of quietly confident in what I was doing. It, I think it was more a box ticking exercise for them. Um, but I don't understand what other people got from it because, I mean, by the third day, that conference hall was half empty. People had had enough. You can only be sold to so many times unless you're Grant Cardone and he's like, okay guys, every unsubscriber we get, we gotta hit him up again 10 more times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it sounds like it's... Uh, so I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, I understand an employer wanting to spend money to, to increase. Um, like, I, I think it's good to have an employer who wants to spend money on, on their employees. I think that where they fell short was not asking or researching what, what the employees actually needed. And, and yeah, that seems like <laughs> such a waste of resources to spend all of that money to send someone to a conference where they gain nothing from it and also didn't really have anything they needed to fix in the first place. Yeah, I mean, like I said, because I changed careers and it was quite a big career change, I think they just thought, well, we wanted to have confidence in this new career and like, great, yeah, fantastic. This just wasn't the way to go about it um, at all. <laughs> Can we ask what you did without getting into too many details? Without, because like, um, I, I, again, I, I want to be careful about what I ask you personally. Because, uh, 
not really um because okay. it it kind of opens a box of worms <laughs> yeah. can i ask if you were in sales at least no i was in sales okay um, no um it was like public public service okay. oh interesting yeah you what don't have to go into any more details yeah. i'm sorry i don't i don't, I don't want to like accidentally reveal your identity um i just uh, i was just curious because like I could understand. I, I could, at the very least, understand confidence if you were dealing with sales, or I could understand wanting to throw you to the wolves if you spend every day trying to like navigate through large crowds. But other than that, I mean, confidence. They they could they would have been better off putting that money into like maybe making the office more, like a, a better place to work. Why um, either through like physical changes in the office or or benefits to the employees. Right. Yeah, it's so I mean, weird I that think... they chose. Like, do you know what? What does your boss like Tony Robbins for some reason? Like, where does that even come from? I, I think he did. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm no longer at that particular company anymore. But okay. I think part of it is the fact that the the role I do is the most junior role, dealing with far more senior people. Okay. So yeah. During the conference, were there any, like, I know in the documentary, he did, like, a lot of having people in the audience stand up and he'd give them advice one-on-one. -on -one. What did you, did any of that happen at this conference? A little bit, but not, not that much. He talked just a lot, like, a hell of a lot. Um, he just asked people sort of, like, well, you know, if somebody came up to you sort of like with their head down or slumped shoulders, you know, what would you think of them? But if I talked to you like and then stood up straight, like really tall, looked down at them, what would you think of them? And sort of those sort of the power dynamics of sort of posture and things like that, but not not any sort of the intervention sort of like a um like a date with destiny event because that's like an upsell event. Well, that's an upsell event, okay. So yeah, yeah that one's like, expensive. That one costs like five thousand dollars, which I guess would be yeah. like seven thousand pounds. So yeah, yeah, it, it, that that's when one of the upsell events. So like UPW is like the sort. Of, it is the start of the funnel. Oh my god! Of course, Tony Robbins's events go into a sales funnel. Well, I just it's almost like when you look. I mean, I I know uh, who was it? I think it was Coffeezilla who did it, who did videos on Dan Lock and yeah, it was Coffeezilla. He yeah, talked his about videos how, on Dan Lock are excellent. He talked about how Dan Lock's most professional videos and most professional looks are the free stuff he puts online, and then everything else once you enter the funnel, it lowers in production because he has you hooked, and it's not and you, he needs to spend less money to keep you there, and it's about keeping you hooked and upselling you more and more. And I'm wondering if Tony Robbins operates in a more legitimate fashion where you, you I feel like you get I, I feel like if because I can see motivation helping someone I, I can see the importance of motivation but I'm wondering if you get the exact same if not more benefits from just watching his free online videos than actively going to his conferences I feel like you get at the very least more because you don't go into debt for it yeah I mean I, I've never really touched his online videos but I sort of knew of him through various people i mean he name drops all the time as well i think he's just sort of seen as sort of the the pinnacle of like self-development that he sort of brings people in 
without having to do too much of that. I mean, you know, there are other personal development gurus that advertise Tony Robbins and say, oh, I got into this because of Tony Robbins and you should go here. Yeah, he's definitely seems to be held up as like the standard, like the motivational person. Um, that's interesting. The callouts against him are you we've said said this before, the callouts against him are still relatively new. Yeah. yeah. Or for how long his career has been. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is a thing that all sort of like well, a lot of these personal development gurus do is like you, you sign an NDA before you go in there. Oh, you signed an NDA for the conference? Yes. So there are things about it that you're not allowed to tell us. Yeah. That's amazing. So, like, like we don't even know the worst of it. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to, you're not supposed to, like, talk about anything to do with the conference. But I was just like, you know, when you literally watch somebody go in there and nearly get themselves in thousands of pounds more debt when they couldn't afford to go to the first one, you're just like, whoa, like, this is like. This do you think wrong. the NDA, do you think the purpose of the NDA is so that it's like, because they're worried if you tell people about the conference, then like they want it to be all of a, a surprise. So people have to pay to see any of the content. Or do you think it's yeah. more because they're worried that you're going to reveal something shady? I think it's a bit of both. I oh, think okay. If nobody can speak about it, then it's got this element of, well, you have to go to find out. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, exactly. Like, <laughs> But also, you know, when people do get their feet burnt and this, that and the other, then it's like, well, you know, you're not supposed to talk about that. I just think that, I mean, the feet burning sucks, but I think the most damaging story to that conference is hearing about a man who can't even afford clothes going into debt for this conference and then saying, I should buy the $7,000 conference in four months from now. That was a yeah. lot like if you if you've seen the the long interview that Coffeezilla did with Dan the the Dan Locke's former student, which is an amazing interview, and he was talking about how like at the Dan Locke conferences, they had just finished like Dan Locke's incredibly expensive program, and then at the end of it, Dan was like, "I'm gonna we've got this even better program that will guarantee that you will get employed with me and things like that," and he was going on about that and there were people who were like going to try to sign up for it, but their credit cards were getting declined. And when their credit cards got declined, they would like start freaking out because they needed so badly to join this thing, even though they had literally run out of money entirely already. And it's just, it just shows how like manipulative these people can be that like, they've got these people who have completely run out of money and they are still trying to sell things to them. I mean, they've already got all your card details on file. Like, uh, they've pretty much signed you up to a finance agreement before you get in there <laughs> like if you decide that you for even a, a nanosecond that you want to do this you're signed up and it's no refunds oh my god I mean I can definitely see why you and uh, Antibot did those comparisons to uh, to Scientology with, with these uh, with these self-help gurus because uh, it's it, they're they're very aggressive with their approach. I feel like it's all, yeah. Uh, see, Cher, I was thinking gambling addiction, but I actually think a gambling addiction is healthier because if you play <laughs> roulette, you're gonna make more money. Like you'll either go broke, like you're at a self help guru conference, but you have like that. At, you you can play roulette, so you have over a sixty percent chance of winning, which is which is much better odds than being successful with a self help guru. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it this this whole sort of like you know 
Zabby, I think you've seen like the Rachel Hollis conferences where they're like every two minutes you have to get up and start dancing while Tony. Yeah, I watched one of the, the same. I watched the footage and it was just like and then everyone I interviewed for it was like, yeah, there was no like disability variation for any of the exercises or any of the dance moves or anything. They just kind of forgot that some people might not be able to. And even when I did the RISE conference review, one of the women I interviewed had just had surgery before the conference and she tore a bunch of scar tissue because they kept being like, get up, dance. You need to get up and dance. And she would get up and dance and she tore some scar tissue because she was not physically able to be getting up and dancing at this time. But it was like, is that like, why do they do that? Is that for like, to make it easy to brainwash because there's like the endorphins running through you or something? I think so. And I think, I mean, you are sat for a long time. You were in that hall for so long. It's so uncomfortable. Um, um, so you, otherwise you sat in a seat like my knees are in the chair in front of me. That's how little space there is. Um, but also as well, I think you you just get more and more tired. Is that mm-hmm. you, You're tired before you realise it. So like, on the second day, um, Tony wasn't there, and then they had a like. Will I am came out and did a conference. Oh fuck uh, off! Like a little, <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little concert. Seriously, Will I am came out and did a concert. So like, then that went on till like. So the first day I got to sleep at three o'clock in the morning. You were back in the conference hall at eight a.m. Then the second day I got to sleep at one, one a.m. And you're back in the conference hall at 8 a.m. So you are, you don't, by the end of it, you're so tired. Like you could sign up. If you weren't like, didn't have your wits about you, you could sign up for anything because you're just like, you don't know how tired you are. Yeah, part of me feels like I, I can understand like why being exhausted after that kind of conference could be a good thing. Cause I guess if you felt like, you want to feel like you got your value. Like you want to feel yeah, like I feel like days, you did work. You want to feel like the days were filled. You want to feel like like if the, if you went to this conference and then it was only part of the day or something, it would probably feel like a rip off. I mean, it felt like a rip off anyway. But if I, if I paid yeah. for a personal trainer and I leave there like not sweating whatsoever, I, I'm I'm gonna feel down. Like, I, like I, I I'm paying money so I can feel like I accomplished something and did work. And it's I feel like it's the same thing with this conference where it's a business workout and they want you to feel like you've took in a lot of information, which you did, though most of it was about selling, and they wanted you to move around and feel a little physically, I don't know, it, it sounds so fucking shady in every way. You're better off just yeah. taking a vacation with $7,000 and not thinking about work. All the things that you're better off doing, spending money on a Tony Robbins conference, includes cocaine, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it it was just so insidious. It was it was just it was really like nasty and trying to sort of you did this thing where there was like a wheel and you had to sort of it was almost like a bar chart but done in a wheel to say which areas of your life weren't great and like you know unless you've got a lot of money most of the people in my seats put down finance yeah and again that sort of built back into well you need to go and do this course this is how you'll get better at your finance and it's like or i could just you know do a really sound budget and (laughs) yeah it was just so bizarre like i can't 
I, I wish I could put it into sort of words how how weird it it was. And some people were like, you know, there was a woman at my hotel and she paid for the solitaire tickets. <laughs> I was like, how much were they? I'm like, oh, four thousand pounds each. Like, oh, what, what what are those tickets? He said, this, this like solitaire. Yeah. Um, they were just like she paid for her and her husband because her husband's a huge Tony Robbins fan, and I was just like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a conference. I was just curious. I wonder what the benefits were for that, or the supposed benefits were for that. You you got a swag bag. You got to use toilets that were more um, convenient to the conference hall. Um, you got... Like, so, okay, so you were only allowed in certain bathrooms depending on your ticket tier? Yeah. That makes sense for a conference. I'm not, I'm not going to knock it? them for that. I'll, I'll, yeah, or like when you go to Jazz Fest, like they have the uh, they have the upper tiers. You you can get like really? private toilet. Yeah, that I've makes never sense. experienced that before. But okay, I'll trust you guys. I mean, it's still super expensive for what you're getting out of it. I I, I think the fact that the end result is seeing Tony Robbins is what makes that feel so yeah. bizarre. Yeah, and then like um, they got they got special seats in the area, so they were closer to the front. Um, they got food. Um, I think that was about it. I was just like, you've literally paid for two tickets. What well, I paid for a deposit for my house. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. And that puts you more financially independent. Because <laughs> when you put the cost into perspective, that, you know, when you add in, they were staying at the same hotel as me. So, okay, £500 a night. Um, you know, They've spent so much money, like they could literally buy a house. <laughs> and it was insane. It was just so, so bizarre. It was, it was so predatory on on people that really thought. I think some of them really did just think they were going to improve their life, and this like would be a life changing conference, like the "I'm Not Your Guru" documentary. Mm-hmm sort of made out and, and it just wasn't it I, do, I don't see how walking across some fire massaging the people's legs next to you jumping up and down to will i am really sort of did that yeah so your 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 boss wanted you to go for the sake of improving confidence like what what even did they do to try to improve confidence at this yeah, you said like a day, like of the three days, yeah. like you, you could probably put together a day of, of actual advice. Like what did that actually include? Uh, that included sort of a lot of the, the tropes that Rachel Holly comes out with, unsurprisingly, because, you know, she just... I mean, she copied him in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she did. Like, um, so, you know, it's just about getting up two degrees tall and <clears> makes you go over ahead um you know just acting with confidence making sure you prioritize your health first um Oof. you know all of it was such basic advice like it was all common sense it was nothing you know work on the area that you're weakest at and and make improve that and then you'll see the most improvements in your life um, I always wonder why, with the amount of money it costs to go to a personal development conference, why someone wouldn't just spend that to see a, a therapist instead, because then you get a person one-on-one -on -one that you can actually talk through all your issues with. Well, Tony Robbins does 
There's less stigma. Uh-uh. I think there's less stigma to go oh, into that, personal that's development. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, you go to therapy, that's commendable. You go to a personal development conference, it's like, dude, what are you doing? But I feel like maybe that's not true across the board. Maybe maybe that's regional or maybe it's depending on the, the group of people that you know, that whether there's, I don't know, do you, in the UK, is there a lot of stigma surrounding mental health and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think there is. And I think particularly for, for, for guys and actually going to see ultra masculine Tony Robbins is like, it's way more socially acceptable than going to a therapist. That makes sense, I think. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, a therapist, that means that you need to talk through your emotions. It means there's something wrong with you. You go to a Tony Robbins conference and it's like, yeah, I'm going to level up. I'm already amazing and I'm going to ascend to the next level and be more amazing. It's like the way it's framed and the way it's pitched to you is as if it's something. And when in reality, what you're doing is getting therapy from someone unqualified. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and that's, I think that's why the room was mainly male as well. And mm-hmm. like that, the lady that I was talking to had paid for the tickets for her husband. She was like, well, yeah, you know, that this is what he really likes, this is what he wants to do. He, he's had a rough upbringing. And I'm like, well, really? <laughs> sort of rough upbringing? That to me says, like, you need to seek therapy. Right. Not this. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's, it's one of those things where the more details you get... The, the the sadder it becomes um like it, it's it's fun it's fun to laugh at his uh what 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 are you magnet phrase motivate magnet motivation oh my phrase Ma- yeah your your fridge oh, magnet like, oh guru magnetic poetry yeah it's it's, it's yeah. fun to laugh it's fun to laugh at that but uh the, the the real world results of these people actually like harming their lives and putting mm-hmm. themselves in 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 some cases, insurmountable debt. It, it's it becomes truly sad, um, and you, and you see the real evil of it very quickly. Absolutely. Hope I'm yeah, really glad you were willing to share the experience with us. Oh, thank you. I, I'm really glad to be able to because like you you are right. Okay, like it's sad. It was so. I came out feeling sad because I just sort of saw people around me that were struggling with things, just thinking that the answer is going to be the next conference. That's awful. Yeah, they're, they're punting their, their problems down a very expensive field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a really important conversation because, like I say, like, it's just it's so much money. It's people that are really quite vulnerable that need actual help not 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 what this guy's selling them (laughs) yeah i think um i think that's the primary takeaway i have and it's it's that most of these people that go to these conferences are also victims and it's really important to remember that yeah i think this is interesting Cher's point here is saying my experiment with the law of attraction led to a deep dark depression therapy helps me get out of it the law of attraction is such an interesting concept that we see here all the time did you feel that 
there was a lot of law that law of attraction type of stuff there, or that there was a lot of discussion of, I guess, manifesting happiness or trying to attract positivity to you and things like that. Yeah. And sort of like, well, you know, if you're really positive and you just go for things, then the, the world has got a way of making it come to be. And, and again, that sort of led back into sort of buying more things because, yeah. well, you know, if you, you know, the world find a way of making sure you pay for it like because this is what's good for you but it's just not how it works and it's like the language of abundance and attracting things and it's just it's not how life works as much as it'd be lovely to think that you can think yourself money you can't you can't think yourself out of problems all the time you can't buy yourself out of problems that seems to be the solution that was being offered buy yourself out of the problem not actually go away and do some work you could have gotten yeah. these answers just by journaling yeah well i think it's interesting that rachel hollis are now i guess i i do see the the female tony robbins uh connection yeah. she she had an, a podcast uh not that long ago on manifestation and she talked about how manifestation works but you know you actually have to do the work too and i was thinking to myself like the way she's talking about it it makes me believe two things one she doesn't believe in manifestation two she's very aware that her audience believes in it and she needs to latch on to them while also get like walking them through down her personal journey exactly if manifestation works it's like, no, it doesn't work. The work works because if you also have to do the work, like maybe it worked in that it helped you get in the mindset and figure out the work you needed to do, but it itself didn't cause the thing to happen. The actions you took caused it to happen. The only thing that worked was the same way that when I wear a Buffalo Bills hat, people who like the Buffalo Bills then see it and they want to hang out with me. If you talk about law of attraction, you're going to attract people who believe in that. And those are vulnerable people who are willing to buy answers to success. So I think that's ultimately what it is. They see where vulnerable people are. They plant mm -hmm. a flag there. Those people flock to them and then they can sell them. Yeah. And, and that is it. They, they, they are looking for vulnerable people to just try to exploit. And it's, it's sad, and I, I'm getting angry thinking about it. I mean, they're ruining people's lives. Um, and I know Tony Robbins had a tough upbringing, too. So I'm not trying to take a – like, I'm, yeah. we're talking about upbringings and backgrounds. I know he had a tough one, too. He did. Uh, but how many lives has he ruined? That's the thing. It's wild to think that, like, you know, you – like, to an extent, you know, you have sympathy for – someone having gone through a lot of difficult times and it's like does he genuinely believe that he is helping other people and paying it forward or whatever uh, does he genuinely believe it or does he know that he's scamming people and is just trying to uplift himself well i think as well he talks all the time about all the money all, all the money he gives to like feeding america and um you know feeding impoverished people and i think he uses that as a way to sort of almost justify what he's doing well yeah i can donate a million meals well great like that's fantastic however how many lives have you destroyed doing that and does that make up for it exactly i completely agree which goes into the Robert Reich book, The System, which I'm currently finishing, which talks about how the uh, champions of social responsibility in, the work, in, um, corporate, in corporate social responsibility are the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies because they want to basically say, sure, we saved all this money on tax cuts, and sure, we saved all this money cutting corners on product development, but look, 
we donated $50,000 to the shiny project. So we're doing good. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is Kimberly's point here is interesting too. These tactics aren't just in the personal development space. It's so prevalent in nutrition influencers. And now I'm seeing it with personal finance. Yeah, I think we see that a lot. And I mean, Tony Robbins wants to be all of them, right? He wants to be a finance guru. He wants to be a nutrition guru and sell you supplements. Uh, he, he really just wants to sell you everything. Yeah, but people go into debt all the time for dumb reasons. But people also go like debt. Debt in and of itself isn't... It, it can actually help you grow. Like, for example, if you buy a house, more likely I'm in than debt. I, yeah, I've got a, I've got a mortgage and college loans. Yeah, and and those are both personal development. That I mean, if you if you're in state, it sounds like you're cheaper than than if if you do CC for two years, and then you do uh, four year school to finish up your bachelor's. You probably spend less than going to a Tony Robbins. And school is expensive. So that's not saying that school's not expensive. That's saying Tony Robbins is super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, but you're right. People do ruin their lives with all kinds of actions. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, but I, I'm completely agreeing with you, but we were just talking about Tony Robbins because our guests had experience with Tony Robbins. Yeah. And I'm also working on a video about Tony Robbins. Um, Hope, are you cool if like during, if I take parts of this conversation and put them in the video I'm making on Tony Robbins? Yeah, of course. And if you like, if you've got anything, any other questions or anything that come up, you happy to just, yeah, happy to help wherever I can. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause I also did an, another interview with someone else who had been to one of his conferences. And right now I'm going to be working on kind of like I did with the Rachel Hollis conference video. Um, when I did, when I used footage from the, I'm not your guru documentary, it got copyright claimed by Netflix and I don't want that to happen again. So I'm going to do the same thing where I take the audio and speed it up. And then instead of showing the footage, I'm going to be animating it. And I got a Gaston toy from Beauty and the Beast to play Tony Robbins because Tony Robbins is basically Gaston. He definitely is. He's that Gaston. was a really cool video that you did, though. I, oh, I really thank you. I want to do that again. I have fun with the animating. And it's it's a fun way to change it up and do something a little different. Yeah, well, of course, not everyone is a victim. I, we can't use absolutes. So I was just talking about I, when when I said everyone is a victim. I'm sure I misspoke. That I should not say. Yeah, everyone is a I think I don't think everyone at the conference is necessarily a victim, but I definitely think there are some who are because the the whole it a lot of these fields definitely do try to capitalize on people at their lowest points. But I also still, I mean, yeah, eating out and being at bars every night, yeah, that adds up. But again, uh, if you're spending 50 bucks a night at a bar, uh, it's going to take you a thousand nights out to come close to the cost of one Tony Robbins conference. No, and then you're you also did, that's bad. You did the math. Oh, yeah, 50 bucks. 100, 100, 100 <laughs> nights out. My bad. I was, I was, I was like, for some reason, I thought five. Yeah, you're, you're, well, yeah, my bad. 100 nights out. So it's going to take you It's going to take you a third of a year, uh, yeah. give or take, to... to, to, to cover the cost of a Tony Robbins conference and you're getting the utility of being out with friends. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not like I can, I, I can weigh him like, yeah, that's a bad decision, but you also are getting some utility and you're building personal relationships, buying a car. Sure. You can buy a car. That's not, that's too expensive, but you can also generate revenue with that car by signing up now for things like Instacart shipped or, or Uber. Um, they're well, like, by secondhand cars like me, you can buy a car outright, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so stupid decisions do exist. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but I don't know. I don't think that takes away from the harm that's being done at these conferences. Yeah. 
I think there's definitely a mix of things. Yeah, it's. I don't think everyone is automatically a victim at the conference just because they paid a lot of money for something dumb. But I think that there's definitely there's definitely a lot of people who are victims of manipulation who are there. So it's, it's a mix of people, like every situation. Yeah, and, and of course, like, not everyone. I, I mean, I was in the cheap seats. That There were some people there that were in really expensive seats where, like, you know, it's also about what sort of your disposable income is and if you can facilitate these things in your finances. Yeah, oh, Bet Marie, just so you're clear, um, I'm not saying these conferences have no benefit to society whatsoever. I think um, they have a net negative, but I do think they have some benefit. I'm like, like you said, this conference is, is a benefit byproduct of it. But that to an extent, that's also us trying to expose and discourage people from going. So it's like, trying I think to it's, I think that's a bizarre uh, uh, argument to make. I mean, just because people can make mistakes outside of a conference doesn't mean the conference ha uh, is good. And the idea of making personal relationships, uh, as I said, a yeah, hundred, a uh, hundred days at a bar, I feel like you're more likely to make a, a personal relationship than three days at a conference just by quantity and measurement. So I guess I see the devil at the devil's advocate approach, I guess, but the amount of money spent on such a show, like, yeah, I agree. Kids can do stupid things. I don't see how that plays into the conference being anything, but like what we just heard it is. Yeah. I mean, I think every issue is very multifaceted. So I, I, I appreciate hearing an, an opposing viewpoint. I think every issue is very multifaceted. At the same time, I think you, you can, you can see that there could be benefit. People could form personal relationships. Benefits could come from this. Um, but you could also see. I personally think the conferences have a net negative impact on the world as a whole. But I mean, there maybe, maybe other people see it differently, and that's totally fine. I, that's just the way I see it based on the research I've done. I don't think the popularity would be prevalent enough if it was only false hope being sold. Oh, I disagree on that. Yeah, dude, uh, scammers are huge. Scammers are huge, dude. I mean, like, yeah, that they can absolutely become the popularity is not a measurement of integrity. Yeah, I did a re video reviewing the book Bright Sided on my channel a little while ago, and it talks all about how the 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 toxic positivity movement took over. American corporate culture, medical culture, finance culture, all of that, basically. And it, it, it tied the roots all the way back to like, you know, it, how positivity came out as an antidote to like religious Calvinism back when people first started coming from Europe to settle in North America and things like that. So there was this whole like history of how culture fed into the positive thinking movement from that and then how the positive thinking movement ended up going too far. But yes, because it is so embedded in culture and it's so tied to prosperity gospel and the idea that you'll get rich and because we're so deeply embedded in like a very not even a fully capitalist system because we're embedded in a system that preaches capitalism while also benefiting corporations and those corporations benefit from the, the positivity movement as well. It's kind of like, it's popular because it's it's something that appeals to people while also being embedded in a, a culture that you're kind of trapped inside of. At least that's what I gathered from a couple books that I've read about this. So- I just, um, I'm just trying to tease the nuance because I've met people who have, fair enough. But yeah, do, you no, think, do, you, do you think they're the exception of the rule though? I definitely think, yeah, because like, like even when I reviewed the Rise Conference, I had interviewed two people, one person who felt that she got some benefit out of it and was not, didn't regret that she went, but thinks it wasn't worth the money. The other one who also thinks it wasn't worth the money and regrets going and thinks it was stupid and was like, it was absolutely no benefit. So it's good to hear a variety of perspectives.
Um, yeah, I think as well. But the difference between sort of like you know Rachel and Tony is Tony like doesn't do as much sort of like he's not as accessible as we were saying earlier. Whereas Rachel gives a lot of her content away for free, which in one way is great because it's more accessible for people that want it. But then when you pay for a conference of hers and you you're not getting much extra other than a discussion about the brain um, you know well well what are you, you you know you you will feel a little bit more sort of like well this was completely useless because uh-huh. she just regurgitated stuff that she said like 50 times before uh, it's a pseudo-religion if the person is in the matrix and ignorant, are we to say their ignorance is bad when they are... Bl- it, again, that depends. Like, are they harming themselves or harming others? Are they in a good financial state? Have they actually built on it? And I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if, if someone is addicted... I mean, you, be, you can be addicted to Tony Robbins, and if you're addicted to Tony Robbins, are is it bad to have an intervention on someone with an addiction? More often than not, it's not bad. Uh, so I, I, I don't fully understand... Uh, what what that so, is saying. So, okay, Beth Marie says, I think the conferences are very predatory and full of pressure tactics, but I see those tactics everywhere. Yeah, and I think it's important to call it out wherever you see it, whether it's at a Tony Robbins conference, whether it's at a job. Like, even that's even a thing I've been trying to talk about a little more on my channel is, like, when we talk about the, like, even talking about gurus and we talk about the anti-MLM movement and things like that, sometimes people start to think, oh, so only business gurus and MLMs are bad. And it's like, no, actually a lot of things are bad. And I I'm, I think that we need to go beyond just like talking about these things and talk about, okay, what are the systemic factors that cause people to, to seek out these things in the first place? Um, is it like, what, why are we in such a place where people feel like they're struggling with money so much or feel like they can't get a job outside of an MLM or feel like, you know, why are these predatory practices able to succeed so well in the first place? So we need to start dealing with the causes as well. We can't just like, like to an extent, you know, it's like, Oh, we want to, you know, not have these conferences happen. We want to get MLMs uh, shut down by the FTC, whatever. Yeah. Those are good goals, but you know, something else that's predatory will rise up in its place if we don't take a look at the factors causing it in the first place. So I agree, there's predatory shit everywhere. We need to be talking about all of it. And and I agree that Dan Locke's promises are worse because he's guaranteeing a career, but I, uh, I don't think it's a good principle. Uh, it's a successful precedent to establish of anytime we have a conversation, we have to actively look for someone who is worse as well. Like we can have conversations on one topic and then and we don't have to, actively then yeah that's why i even did a video that was like business guru tier ranking and it was like yeah yeah, like tony robbins is worse than rachel hollis grant cardone is not as bad as tony robbins but is still pretty bad i think i put dan Locke as the worst of them all um something like that so yeah it's like yeah there's there's varying levels to how bad these people are if anyone fell for dan Locke, come on our stream and talk to us about it we'd love to hear I want to do, I want to definitely need to want to do more research into Dan Locke. I think he's wild. Even Tim Sales hates him, dude. Yeah. Well, Tim Sales hates him because he went after MLMs. That's fair. That is fair. So yeah. uh, No, yeah. (laughs) So to answer your question, I mean, I'm sure people can benefit from Tony Robbins the same way that Hold on. I got a PLB back. You can find an exception to someone benefiting from just like people have, people have accidentally made money on penny stocks uh, that were sold to them in boiler rooms. But again, that's the extreme exception. Um, more often than not, it was a scam that was used for uh, 
and that, that was used to game the system by the commission being 50%. And um, they didn't care what they were selling. <laughs> like how YouTube is often either JC is bad or JS is bad. Both have issues and every JS video doesn't need to bring up JC. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, sure. You don't have to establish who is worse, but I think if we want to know why people are going to these it's things, it's helpful to understand what might be appeal. Fair enough. But also Dan Locke isn't hosting conferences. This was a conversation on conferences. Dan Locke, I mean, he is hosting conferences. That was wrong to say. Um, what am I trying to say about Dan Locke right now? Fair enough. I'll, I'll just end it with that because I don't think I want to, I, I don't think I can fully uh, formulate what I'm trying to say right here. <laughs> Instead of only focusing on the obvious negative aspects, well, we we focus on the obvious negative aspects because someone was here to talk about the obvious negative aspects who experienced it firsthand. Well, I think as well, like what I think I did sort of go in there and say that like, these people were sort of going in there, they were looking for answers, they were looking to improve their life, but I just didn't see how it was so scatty. Somebody might have got a small nugget of knowledge that actually, you know, really did help to improve their life and great. And I'm really happy that they did. But when it's a three day conference and one and a half days is an upsell, that in itself is a problem. When people can't, aren't taking clothes on their flights because they can't afford it and that they can't afford to bring their luggage and this, that and the other. And then they're actually the, the conference has been spread out over a longer time, so they're now having to pay more on accommodation, more on food, more on water, etc. That is wrong in and of itself. Yeah, it's also just as far as time and place is concerned, like why aren't we focusing on the large system? Because we can't touch on every single issue in every single video. This was a very specific video. Um, and that's my answer to that. It, it like we we can absolutely touch on and exp and ask why and and dive deeper into the systems. But this was a very specific video with a very specific guest talking about their very specific experience at a Tony Robbins conference. And also, you mean you're saying that let's talk about the systems? Well, there were people from like literally uh, so many different countries. There were flags from so many different countries. Each country is probably going to have it an issue as well like you can't really just narrow it down into one simple answer hey sorry i'm back welcome back per perfect timing you came in to fill the uh, the silence following hope brown's uh follow-up to a point awesome well i don't know what to say because i don't know what the what she said no, fantastic. We'll the comments. <laughs> the comments. There are many reasons peer pressure. It is popular. You want to try it. You pay to go. You are desperate to see the widespread popularity. I love how you're describing both the Tony Robbins conference and a drug. <laughs> oh, Bet Marie, just so you know, no, no, no. I do not find what you're saying offensive at all. No, no, no. That's the whole part of the show is we want people to bring up their viewpoints. Like the whole thing we're doing on this show is following people sometimes that we agree with, sometimes that we disagree with. We're open to literally any any ideas that people in the chat have. Do not ever worry about offending us. Yeah, I was raising my voice, I mean, I wasn't yelling, but I, I, my voice was like amped like this, talking like this, because I was just so amped talking about- Oh yeah, so if anyone ever thinks I'm yelling, I just I just talk really loud. So I apologize if anyone ever thinks that I'm mad at them or anything. I'm not, I, 
I love everyone in our chat. I would never get mad at any of you guys. <laughs> I do think the false equivalence, though, of Comic-Con to the Tony Robbins conference is different because they're promising very different things. So Comic-Con experience is promising entertainment. A Tony Robbins uh, conference is promising prosperity, and it's leading to an upsell. Yeah, and I guess I guess it all also comes down to what... And I don't what, think you're being what, argumentative what, at all. What is the definition of success and what is the definition of happiness and how it, like, if at the end of the day, you go into debt from a Tony Robbins conference and you're still happy, I guess, do you? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at some point, like, like I can't, I can't, you know, to tell someone. Now we got to define happiness though, if we say that, because it could be happy or it could be brainwashed. Right. And that's the thing is like, well, I think part of the point of why these are, you know, topics that have multiple viewpoints is that happiness and success don't just have one definition. They, they mean a variety of different things depending on a person's priorities and personal values. Yeah. So and also, as well, I kind of wonder, like, you know, so I went to UPW, say if I bought the upsell to Date With Destiny to one of these other ones, what would, how much if half of a three-day conference has been based on an upsell and then I pay for a four-day conference, how much of that is going to be an upsell? Yeah. I can't help but to wonder how much of that is going to be an upsell because if you're going to do it for half the – I think in I Am Not Your Guru, it was four-day conference, wasn't it, Date With Destiny? I believe so. And they only let them film – so much i just have to wonder how much of the rest of it is just going to be an upsell for the next big thing and that's and that's interesting i didn't even expect it to be that many upsells from what you were talking about i found that uh that was actually surprising to me because i assumed you know tony robbins probably wanted to upsell people but i didn't realize he was going to spend that much time talking about it especially when it, i don't know i i guess I there are so just, many upsells yeah. though as well because there's the nutrition, there's date with destiny, yeah. there's business mastery, there's life mastery, <laughs> you know, there's there's this on the side coaching program. There's five upsells in one thing. Wow, that's frustrating. I can imagine, like, especially if you were someone who went to this conference thinking, you know, I'll I'll give this a shot, I'll see what I can learn from this, and then you're just constantly being sold to. I would find that incredibly frustrating. Uh, yeah, earlier, really Art, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Um, yeah, yeah, just looking at comments in the chat. I like, I like when we have chill Fridays when we can have someone on and also have some people in the chat and we can just all have a big discussion. Even though we're not talking about Marie Kondo, but it's because you know she's uh, she's not she hasn't caused us any issues. No, she just <laughs> helped our lives up. She just helped our lives for the better. Although she has caused me a lot of back pain, but I need to work that out with the doctor. I can't speak for savvy, but um, I have like 30 minutes. If, if this format's difficult, you want to hop on, we can send you the StreamYard link. Oh, yeah. Bet Marie, if you want to come on the stream, yeah, let us know. We'll send you a link. Um, uh, what's your, where would it be best? I mean, I guess we could just, I'll just paste it in the chat. It's Friday. Anyone can come on. Yeah. Uh, and then you can come on and. Um, and then if you want to talk, like, I want to hear your ideas. I think that you bring up some really interesting points. And it's, it's uh, guys, this is the link right here. If anyone wants to join. 
I think it is good to bring up these points because I think it, it's important to remember that there isn't just one problem here. It's the, the problem itself, like Tony Robbins is not the only problem. He is part of a larger system of problems that leads to his ability to have so much success in the first place. So like when you bring up points about like, well, all these other problems are, are bad too. Yeah, I agree. I think we need to also talk about those. So I, I don't think you're wrong at all. No, I just thought it was interesting to hear the uh, the demographic of the people that Hope spoke to at the conference. I mean, people who yeah. who were just attracted to Tony Robbins and then seeing the decisions they were making to, to go there and what they were actively seeking and what they were hoping to get out of it versus what they did get. That's all. Um, to, I mean, to, to talk, you, you, you brought up my point of um, how they have a truth at their core. Yeah, Tony Robbins does have truth at its core, had his core uh, somewhere. Um, some, some of it's, it's true. Like, so, like, I mean, his finance book we were reading talked about the investments. That was, there was truth in that. Absolutely. Um, he talked about why you should, why uh, indexing is more efficient than mutual funds. I agree with that. Um, and I'm sure he has some truth with uh, personal development. Uh, like, I mean, meditating every day, that's healthy. Like that, like, he, he bastardized it, made his own version of it, but meditating and, and physical exercise are, I'm speaking really quickly meditating and physical exercise are both healthy things to do on a regular basis. So I don't think anyone would um, tell him that he's wrong for that, but it's the, it's, it's said up there uh, how he manipulated it and bastardized it to make it his own brand of it to further distinguish himself. I mean, he still is pushing some, not just with these conferences, he's still pushing some actively harmful pseudosciences on his people. Um, in the name of making money. Uh, I, I know his big thing still is, I think it was funny because we were talking about his basic advice and he's actively anti-acidic diets. So of course he wants to lower the pH level of his conferences with basic advice. That was a pun. Um, but as far as the harm in it, people have actively died doing the treatments that he he didn't promote the treatments, but he promoted the doctor who performed those treatments or, or the fake doctor. Mooncat had a great video on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just watched it yesterday. I, I loved her video. Oh, Bette Marie is here in the um, background. I'm going to add her on in and we will have some more chill Friday fun. It's funny. I actually get in trouble at work for speaking too fast, too, because I just get super energized when I'm talking about companies and I want to fill in like all of my research in seconds. And then I get a text like, slow down. The clients don't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> I get it. I'm always talking fast in my videos and people are like, I feel like I have to watch you on half speed and I watch everyone else on 2x speed. Half x me daddy. Half x me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to get more coffee in a minute. Um, so Bette Marie is here. Can you hear us okay? Can we hear you okay? So I can hear y'all. I don't know if there's an echo. I was like trying to find my headphones, which seem to be missing at the moment. So you're fine. You're not we, echoing we on here. We hear you fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. sound good. I think we're good. If there's uh, if there's any audio issues, we'll let you know and and we'll try to yeah, fix I'm it. But everything sounds okay right now. House attempting to find them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. The only thing that I was trying to bring up though is that it's really easy to only see the the negatives about these things, but I kind of see it that the folks who attend these things, they're part of, as you've touched on, right, this larger structure of consumerism. So yes. there's lots of things that they're gonna want to enjoy. If your hobby and your entertainment and your fun is attending these conferences and there's not those downstream effects, well, then that's relatively harmless. 
Sure. Now, when people are manipulated into doing things that are actively going to harm their life, right, by being financially catastrophic, well, that's a different conversation. But I find I'm like very hard pressed to think that that's the majority of attendees. It's a little bit of representative heuristics where a plane crash is always going to make the front page news, but a car crash isn't. And yet cars are much more dangerous than flying in an airplane. That's a good um, analogy. So we get like fixated on this one aspect, which is the predatory aspect. And that is an important thing to reveal, but you're already attracting that audience. So your audience is already coming with that perspective. So I find the conversation more enriching to try to like expand the focus and say, okay, well, we're starting with the baseline of acknowledging that this is predatory, but why do people still attend? What could be the benefits that they're getting from them? That was my only point. And it kind of got like, it became a tangent and I'm sorry for that, but- um, Oh no, don't be sorry. I think yeah. that's- No reason I'm sorry. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, but I think it's a good point to bring up. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I I think Hope had something to say and she's actually been to the conference. So you could- uh, <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, is I think I've probably come at it, you might say that I've come at it from a wholly negative angle, but I was, it sounds, I don't want to be like all victim, but sort of like, you know, when you see people making these terrible decisions in front of you and you've signed a piece of paper saying you're not supposed to actually say anything about this, you know, and people are sort of being funneled into these conferences that my concern was, oh, well, you know, the self-development space is growing and if people aren't going there, going into these things with their eyes wide open, that, you know, if you sign up to the small session coaching, yes, this is going to be like a really poor sales tactic, then you can fall predatory to these things. Again, I was in the cheap seats, so, you know, the, the people around me were more in line with people that couldn't afford those downline payments you make a solid point if people do enjoy going to personal development conferences and meeting new people and you know want that growth community great and it's not going to financially harm them fantastic but that that just wasn't what i experienced in the immediate proximity around me um and i just don't think the conference was focused enough to actually resolve any of the issues that people were actually going there for so do you think though that any conference or three-day workshop um that has you know a, a stage and thousands of attendees so right just like a handful of hosts could any format like that actually address someone's real problems depends on the purpose I think, yeah. the per I think the problem with Tony Robbins' conference is he's promising abundance or he's promising uh, life mastery or financial mastery. And then it turns into an infomercial for things that have nothing to do with what he was talking about. So like under what circumstances are you going to go to a financial conference and then get upsell vitamins and, and have that maintain its mission? Yeah, no. I mean, that's definitely like harmful. I just don't see how the format itself would lend to someone thinking that that's going to be panacea for what they're dealing with in life um the I don't format really of conferences how, yeah i mean okay. even attending like 
a one day, you know, intensive workshop by credentialed professionals or two day intensive workshop by professional um, people, you know, like say in EMDR or trauma work or something like that, that's not going to solve your problems either. And sure. there would be upselling in that. So I depends mean, on the promise again, though, the format. Yeah. I think what Claire says in the comments is good that um, Claire is agreeing with Hope about uh, the upsells themselves not being the problem, but the manipulation being the problem and how much time is spent selling. I think Claire makes a good point about that. Um, and Consuelo says, well, it starts with putting the seed in your mind that might that might want you to want more. One day you say, why not? Then you're in and sometimes it is hard to leave. So I think there, I, I don't think this, this is a cut and dry issue. I don't think it's easy to, to draw a line and say, these conferences are all bad and these conferences are all good. I think that there's, you kind of got to take each case by case basis and look at the variety of factors at play. And like what I think that Marie was saying earlier in the comments, which we agreed with, which was that the, uh, the systemic issues themselves are the root of the problem. And that also needs to be addressed. We can't, like, we can talk all day about how bad Tony Robbins is, and I love doing it. I think he's awful. But the um, there are also a lot of issues at play where, like, if Tony Robbins were to just retire tomorrow, someone else could do the same thing he's doing. Someone else could try to sell you shady supplements because at the end of the day, pseudoscience is also part of the problem. It's not just Tony. Uh, someone else could try to sell you and try to manipulate you into spending more money than you have because at the end of the day, you know, this whole idea that per we try to perpetuate of like invest in yourself uh, constantly. And I'm not going to say that investing in yourself is always a bad thing, but I, I just, I think that there are a lot more issues than just saying it's always good or always bad. It depends on the unique intersection of circumstances. Completely. And I think it's yeah. interesting to have someone that is exposing more of the nuance because I also was not aware that, you know, there's an entire day of upselling. Yeah. Like that, I, mean, <laughs> I think if that's all you're doing for an entire day, then that's a total ripoff. And, you know, I would hope that anyone who attended that, you know, wouldn't pay for the next one. But of course, they are manipulating and brainwashing you and moving you down that funnel. And my background's in sales, so I understand how that can be seductive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear, you know, the like inside knowledge per se, but I guess I'm just like, I also just want to, I always just want to have a broader and more broader and more nuanced. That's what we're all about here. So we're glad you brought up the, the additional perspective because that's broader and more nuanced discussions is literally what this podcast is about. So we're just all for its, it. Just on its simplest form, when it comes to things that people are spending thousands of dollars on, I'm just looking for promise and delivery. Like there are yeah. network, there are networking conferences that people can go to that are expensive, but they exist for the sole purpose of networking. And most of the day is designed around introducing you to new people. Um, they have some workshops, sure, but again, the primary focus is networking. The primary focus is getting what you do as a business in touch with what other people do as a business to see if you can work together. There's the B Corps Conference for socially responsible businesses. There's LinkedIn meetups as well. Uh, so there, there are opportunities there that the promise is networking, the delivery is networking. So if people are getting networking out of a Tony Robbins conference, again, my question is that's a good positive experience. Was that the promise or was that- Yeah, was uh, that what they paid for reality? wanting to get, yeah. That's an interesting question too. Yeah. I but also feel like net expensive networking conferences sound kind of dumb too, but like, <laughs> that's just can, my personal they, thought. They can, yeah. they can be, but you can also like, for example, it depends on who you're meeting, like at B Corps conferences. So I'm, I'm not going to shit on B Corps. Uh, I think 
they are overpriced and you don't necessarily have to go to them. But you do also at, the, at these conferences have access to higher net worth people who also are there who are B course as well. So I don't personally push them on people. I don't tell anyone to go do them. I can see someone going there and saying that was a waste of time. But at the very least, they're delivering on the promise of giving you the opportunity to network. Yeah. So I guess it might be helpful to review what was the Tony Robbins conference selling? Because you're saying that it was financial success and abundance. I mean, what, what were they selling? What was the promise? What hope, what do you think was the like um, expectation of attendees that you would get out of it? I mean, the, the, the promise is, from what I can understand, is finding your power within to change your life for the better. Um, I, I would I would Google sort of the um, the the exact promise, but I, I'm using my phone for this. Um, I haven't got a computer around me, but that's what I understood was the promise, and I just didn't feel that it delivered. Eva brings up a good point here about writing conferences, which I also have a lot of feelings on. She says, writing conferences are sometimes on that line for me being a scam due to pricing versus being a networking experience. We each got to make our own calls. And I think that's true at the end of the day. I'm not out here calling for Tony Robbins conferences to be illegal. I, you know, I'm not calling for that. I just want people to make the most educated decisions going in as possible. And if someone had a great time at a Tony Robbins conference, good, good. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, tell you that I think that you're a bad person for that. You know, it's like, do you do you. But I also have a lot of feelings on writing conferences. And I also, while I love going to writing events and meeting other writers and things like that, I think that there's also a systemic issue there, which is how the publishing industry tries to create this standard of, you know, validity in certain pieces of work versus others. And you almost feel like you have to get in with an industry in order to get your ideas and work out to the public, which should just be free speech. So I think that's an entirely different topic as well. But I think that, again, I think there's issues there, but there's also writers who benefit from it. So I'm not going to say writing conferences should be outlawed. Like, you know, I'm not calling to like put an end to all of this immediately. I'm just interested in hearing the perspectives and hearing the stories and determining, you know, what happened and all of that. No, I think it's hugely beneficial to hear like what actually goes down in these things because mm -hmm. you know obviously I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars to attend one so you know yeah. it's in the Netflix <laughs> special and I'm like you know tangentially aware culturally um, but I guess I was asking that question about kind of trying to you know create a statement of what they were selling because I would post RK what would be the exit survey that you would ask a question on in the last three days, do you feel that you've um, learned the key to personal development and bettering your life? I mean, that topic is so ambiguous. The sales yeah. pitch is so ambiguous oh, itself yeah. that you can't really measure did they deliver or not. So you went into it knowing that there weren't measurables, there weren't metrics, it's already individualized. So did they sell something false then? Oh no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that, I, that the mentors and the guru programs benefit on ambiguity. Uh, we, we talked about that earlier in it on how, how lack of ment the, the lack of mentors not teaching specific trades has created a void for gurus that sell prosperity without the skills to actually get it. Like you'd be much better off finding a mentor that wants to teach you a very specific trade. Agreed. And that's why I mentioned Dan Locke because he's attempting to, you know, he's pitching that he's teaching a specific trade of house flipping and such and he's not delivering. Oh, yeah. Dan Lock is awful. Oh, Dan Lock is a thousand percent a scammer. Yeah. Yeah. But that's he, like, he's awful. 
And we actually talked about him. Clear cut, like he was offering something he didn't deliver. I guess I'm confused about what Tony Robbins is offering that he doesn't deliver on. Because in some cases, he offers like marital counseling and then gives harmful advice to couples. In some cases, he offers like mental health counseling and then gives people unlicensed therapy that ends up hurting them and ends up hurting their relationships. I mean, there was a a guy with a stutter who he claimed to cure his stutter and he didn't cure his stutter. Um, there was, yeah. I, I mean, as, as far as like promise versus delivery, fi- finding examples of him making promises and then not delivering are abundant. If you mm-hmm. have, if you have example where he promises motivation and then someone got motivation from it, I would say in that case, that person was he not thrived. a victim and did not yeah. get scammed. That person, it's all good for that individual person. But I think there are a lot of examples of people that were promised something by Tony Robbins that ended up, they get, got a thing that harmed them in that area instead. Totally. And I, again, I think that would go back to um, heuristics, right? No one, yeah. well, rarely people get online to share a positive experience, right? We're much more motivated as human beings by a negative experience to then discuss that experience. Depends on the community. There's a, there's a mix. Because Tony it, Robbins yeah. has a lot of testimonials too. Yeah. A lot of people share positive experiences of him. I think it depends what website you're on, too. I mean, on YouTube, I think it would probably be primarily negative experiences because I think as humans, we are attracted. I think you make a good point. We're attracted to watching people yell about things and watching people get really highly emotional about things. It's like I talk about on Goodreads. No one goes on Goodreads to talk about a book they thought was just all right. People go on Goodreads to either Love you know, give five stars and show a bunch of gifts and create a fandom and post all their fan art of how uh, they want to build a shrine to this book. Either that or they write about how it's like a literal dumpster fire and they want this book to get set on fire everywhere and they hate it. It's all extreme emotions regardless. So I think that there there is, there is some truth to that but i think that that's mainly on you know sites like youtube and things like that if you're looking on um other websites if you're looking on maybe glassdoor or some places like that you get a lot of variety if you look on places like um sometimes yelp although you know i don't know if tony robbins conferences would be listed there but my point is there's a lot of online reviewing things people tend to only want to share the extreme positives or extreme negatives but i think that the positive ones do get shared as well just not as much on youtube maybe or at the very least in our community. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is why it would be, you know, an interesting topic of discussion to try and like yeah, play that devil's advocate or to see what might be the utility. Because I think if you can crack what the utility is, then you are better at discouraging people from attending because you're already acknowledging why they may want to go. And then once you accept that they may feel that there's a benefit and then they feel like seen and heard, you can then talk them out of it and say, well, if that is your motivation, here's a better thing to do. Like sure. um, you had a thing a while ago with the anti-Hunbot about these like false courses and these false yeah. gurus selling courses. And it's like, don't take this course, do this instead. There's this other resource that is available where you actually will learn the information. Absolutely. Or maybe it'll just be the same information. It will just be free or a hell of a lot cheaper. So... Eva has a good um, good analogy here where she says a cruise ship has a lot of rooms, but it's all the same ship. Tony's a cruise ship and it's easy to ignore the lower cabin's complaints. So that I think maybe that could be something too. Maybe there are people who, you know, the uh, who are, you know, continue to want to pay for it and who do get value. But then the people who get, you know, really bad experiences out of it 
that doesn't always get hurt as much too. So analogy, analogy, ignore me, <laughs> but everyone likes Eva's <laughs> analogy anyway. Um, also, just to go back to Marie Kondo for a second, Cher's getting a lot of cleaning done. She says, I have a carload full of stuff my aunt gave me. I may put it all in the storage unit and bring it up as I need it, except for the plant, salt lamp, and scissors. They spark joy. <laughs> yes, I'm glad everyone's getting a lot of uh, cleaning and organizing done this week. I've actually gotten so much done. Um, we've, we're at the point where we're getting ready to redo our bedroom. We're getting a lot of stuff. We ordered some new... We ordered a new bed frame and dresser to organize stuff better. I think that, like, I'm glad we're going to... We should also talk about, um, like, because I think this conference topic is super interesting. I want to continue, but we only have about 10 more minutes. And I want to also make sure we're ready to talk about what we're going to do for next week for Marie Kondo. So I guess both Bet and Hope, do either of you have final thoughts you want to share about Tony Robbins or both of you um, before we uh, go into a little bit of wrapping up for the week? <laughs> No, I think everything's been said on, on, on my end. So Great. Well, I'm glad you were able to come on and share yeah, some of your ideas you. out loud. I know typing fun. can be hard to keep up with people talking out loud. Um, Hope, uh, do you have any other, I mean, I'm sure we can also do another full interview to discuss in depth your experiences because I definitely want to use, I definitely want to do the video on Tony Robbins conferences. Um, do you have any, like, what would the major takeaways, I guess, be from your experience at his conference? I think my thing was and again it's going to sound really negative but that's fine we're yeah, negative here sometimes <laughs> you know I, I was in the cheap seats i saw the exploratory exploitative exploitative sorry nature of 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 what was happening and mm -hmm. that that is it's just so damaging such large on the money and yeah i just didn't want you know, when people, you know, some people do fall like down the self-development rabbit hole and think, oh, I'm going to go to these things. And they're just like, I just want people to be aware of what they're going into because there are so many angles it comes from and just to not fall down that hole. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. And I really appreciate you sharing your experiences, sharing how much it costs. The NDA thing is a little weird. I mean, I, I get that he doesn't want people giving out his content for free, but it's a little, I always find that a little weird. And your boss only sending women in a Your boss office. only sending women is so weird. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I hope I really appreciate you sharing that story with us. That was really insightful. And I really no appreciate everything you had to tell us. Thank you both for being here today. Um, yeah, you guys were awesome. It's always great to have a couple guests on Friday and do a little, little free for all, have a good time, talk to each other, see what everyone's up with. A little bit of that. Absolutely. No, it's always fun. We're, I'm so happy that you were able to come on Hope. I'm so happy you were able to hop on. It's such short notice, Beth. Bet. Bleh. Thank you so much. Ooh, uh, there we go. Okay. Um, so let's see. Oh, a bad asterisk here saying Rebecca and I are definitely going to have to condo again when we return to Chicago. We bought so many clothes. Well, when are you guys returning to Chicago? Because I'm going to be fully vaccinated in three weeks and I want to see all my friends again. Um, so yeah, guys, I've been getting a lot done on the apartment this week. I got, I haven't, I, I got all the trash out of the office and I'm, again, it's like, why doesn't she have a category for literal trash? I guess because no one has any trash that sparks joy, or at least they shouldn't, unless they're like me. And I'm like, ugh. But do a I really want to- like a first date? 
I'll be like, do I really want to throw out this like box that I got something in? Like the box is kind of cool. Or like, do I really want to throw out this packaging? Do I really want to throw out this bubble wrap? What if I want to play with the bubble wrap later? You know, <laughs> Bubble wrap's a blast. <laughs> so that's how I get. I'm like, oh, I know this is literally trash, but like, I kind of like the trash. I'm kind of a, a dog sometimes. I'm like... You want to play with the boxes in the trash instead. <laughs> so I know that that's not that's not how humans are supposed to behave, though. So yeah, dog. yeah. Dog on a time looks. Yeah, I'm basically uh, I I relate a like I relate to Chewy on too much of a level where I'm like I know I'm your human, but like what if we're both dogs? I like to think that the day I tell Logan he's a dog and he understands me is the day his mind is blown. He's like, what do you mean I'm a dog? Oh, I like this question. Sheila says, by the way, does anyone in the chat sell really subtle pride stuff? I live in a rural area in middle Europe and I don't want to be too obvious. That would really spark joy. Yes, BLT. Someone make, oh, Someone make a BLT. Someone make a BLT bin. Okay, so guys, today, as I mentioned, I'm going to be streaming in one hour at 11 on my main channel. I'm going to be reacting to this call where the, the YouTuber Always Marco did a... Um, he was talking to this MLM guy who was basically like, yeah, the Sammy, is, Sammy is in the, the BLT community and they're very sensitive. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to be making a BLT sandwich to eat on that stream. And I'm going to go make bacon in the oven in like just a minute. But I'm going to be making merch that says sensitive BLT on it. So that, that's going to be the song. The BLT sandwich going, that's me. <laughs> sensitive BLT. I'll make the sandwich look like it's sad. Um... But I don't know how much of so like it does it doesn't like my or maybe I could put pride colors on it in a subtle way. Maybe it could be on the mold on the lettuce. That could be interesting. <laughs> you, 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 you could spread the rainbow, taste the rainbow. Just, just Skittles. Just eat Skittles every day. That, 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 that's your form of like pride protest in the middle in middle year. I almost said the Middle East. Mid Europe. BLTs are queer culture confirmed. Absolutely. Okay, Chilla likes that. I'm glad. I'm glad because the otherwise... Have like, they, they, they've gotten the BLT. They got the frogs and they got the BLT. Yep. Turn the sandwiches gay. <laughs> turn chemicals in the in the bacon. <laughs> That's why, is that why pig isn't kosher? Are mm. Jews anti-BLT? Oh no. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I'm excited. I'm going to make bacon in the oven, just like everyone has instructed me to do in the past. So I make some, a bunch of oven bacon in, I mean, as soon as the stream wraps up, I'm going to make oven bacon and then I'm going to make the rest of the sandwich and it's going to be great. And then, um, so next week we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing Marie Kondo week again next week, because as everyone voted pretty much, you said ev almost everyone voted that. Yes. They want to extend this to next week, right? Yeah. One person voted. No, let me out them real quick. No. no! <laughs> Um, I'm glad that this week has been so beneficial for so many people. Um, and I think this is, I mean, this is the first week we've ever extended because a lot of the other ones, it was mostly about, it was about, you know, trying to learn one or two interesting things from them. But a lot of it was also exposing some of the shady things that they do. Marie Kondo's not a shady person. She just has genuinely good advice for cleaning. Or she hides it really well. Oh, Eliana, thank you. I appreciate that. Kelly says, I do a lot of work with a puppetry troupe that builds with so many recycled cardboard, paper, other fillers made me so terrible for hoarding packaging. Dude, when are you going to come on this stream and show us your puppets? 
That is amazing. Actually, do you have two webcams so you can have like one puppet in each and then we can have a conversation with both? Oh my God, I want to talk to both the puppets. We want to talk to your puppets. We want to talk to the puppets. If not, then you're just going to have to like <laughs> jump on and off the screen with different puppets. Oh man. So yeah, so I cleaned out so much this week. I got rid of, I mean, Tyler and I together got rid of at least like 10 or 12 bags of work. Patricia has puppets. We should have a puppet stream. Oh my God, we need to have a puppet stream. I mean, we can do that next week. Have do y'all want to have a, because, a puppet clean stream? Yeah, we can clean. The puppets can clean. We can, yeah, it'll be great. And I'll I'll have a stream. I'm, I'm going to get a, I'm going to borrow Tyler's wireless headset so I can do a stream where in the background, you guys can see me cleaning, getting books off the shelf. I, I'm going to find items to do giveaways with. Of things. Maybe. I think I'm going to give away one of my merch items because I have the Girl Wash Your Ass shirt here. I bought it as like a merch sample, but I don't actually wear it very much. So I'm going to give give away the Girl Wash Your Ass shirt. It's I think it's a unisex. Let's do the puppet ass. stream on Friday so we can have everyone come on. And oh, we yeah, can, Friday puppet stream. Puppets next Friday. And we can make it like also I'll have like stuff to make puppets with on Friday. So it could be like make your like if you don't have one, you can make your own puppets. Puppets. I'm so excited um yeah so we'll do the girl wash your ass shirt in a giveaway that loves it that loves it i love it i love it we and love it we're all loving the puppets oh man guys good stream today good week of of productivity i'm glad that this has been helpful for everyone i'm excited to extend someone into the next week for the first time ever and Maybe a special we'll thank you to uh to bet and hope i just want to say one more time special thank you oh, to yeah. them for hopping on and it's a short notice uh hope got her invite like five minutes before the stream and bet got hers negative 45 minutes into the stream oh so, yeah you guys are great you guys are great i appreciate everyone who ever comes onto our stream and shares their perspective we love having that here we love it we really do love it it really like it, it's a blast we love hearing it i mean we love like the, the second that we turn into to jp and think we know everything is the second we failed yep don't tell his fans we said that though or they'll come at us with all the ad homonyms in the world yeah, God, if I turn into JP, I'll be a lobster. <laughs> and then I can't be Jewish because that's shellfish. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are the best. I will be streaming on my main channel in an hour, so come join me there on Savvy Writes Books. Uh, other than that, I will see you guys. We'll see you, I don't know, tomorrow night to play The Sims or tomorrow, mor oh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Cancel tomorrow Sean morning. Boston we are canceled Sean Boston on Saturdays now, so we'll be back here tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central. Uh, I got to set up that stream. Y'all, thanks for being here. We'll see you then. Have a good weekend. Adios. Bye. <laughs>